0: now I, I, you're extreme i am extreme it's all shit uh, uh, this shit is bananas B A N A N A S. this shit is trump s-t-r-u-m-p-a-n-a-n-a-s what i don't know i don't even know Hello everybody. Welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about the week in reality TV.
1: And politics meow meow has literally been a 24-7 reality show this week. Right oh my god I mean I've been Riveted well I haven't Because the (laughs) it's the impeachment Inquiry hearings Mm -hmm. for anyone out there Who's lucky enough to not know Uh And let me tell you (laughs) watching it is like Watching fucking paint dry Okay you're riveted because We don't watch bravo anymore So now we will grasp on We will watch two grasshoppers fighting
0: (laughs) Ooh (laughs) Two grasshoppers fighting would be so Exciting uh this is kind of like watching two grasshoppers fighting. It's like um you know you wait for the moments where the Republican shill tool pandering cuntwots get on and pretend yeah. and say their speeches that were written for them by Stephen Miller and they're right. being paid off and you can tell and um I was I've just been enjoying um you know the Devin Nunes of it all.
1: Yeah, I mean you always enjoyed politics even before we started this podcast. So I understand. For me, it's not checking the boxes. Maybe because it's the House and not the Senate, I need Kamala Harris, I need the glamour, I yeah, need the glamour.
0: Right. There's no glamour. And
1: you know, I need even Diane Feinstein. The yeah, glamour of
0: DM. Yeah, there's none of that.
1: Now it's no small irony though that Bravo Con was this weekend. <coughs> <laughs> and sorry when it's we're talking about politics like we're talking about reality TV politics has been a full 24/7 stage and yet i'm still jealous of everyone at BravoCon who would rather pay $500 to sit in the back row and watch 60-year-old women dance to Tardy for the Party <laughs> than watch these fucking hearings i'm like i get it i get it tardy for for the party is what 2010 at this point, it's and how dare you not play? Money can't buy you class.
0: Girl code. I mean, also they and always
1: hate on Luann. They always I know, it's so stupid. Always hate.
0: Tardy for the party's timeless. Girl code's timeless. <laughs> um, Google me. Google me's timeless. You know they're timeless masterpieces of of adult contemporary pop. And I think you know it's sad because they really, they're they're wonderful pieces of music.
1: Well. Fuck (laughs) BravoCon and join our Patreon, guys. If you're new here, we have a Patreon podcast $1 for one hour, $2 for two different hour long podcasts. We've been on a cleanse and Mm. um, we've been on the sober tip. Our our JLo 10 day challenge Mm -hmm. ends fucking Wednesday.
0: Oh my God. Again, uh, my body (laughs) is like breaking my (laughs) back. It's breaking down. It's saying, it's saying thank you. I can feel, yeah, I, obviously you look good. In dis- you do. In disgusting ways, it's saying thank you. Um, you look healthy. You're glowing. You look good. You look very healthy. Well, good. I uh, mean, the cleanse has been, I feel that we're hydrated. Well, we
1: will be on the $2 Patreon on Thursday. Our go off the cleanse, go off mm, the 10-day mm, j mm, challenge mm, 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 mm. is making SpaghettiOs from scratch yes. And by making I mean Meow meow will be making them <laughs> yes. We watched a YouTube video On how to do it From healthy junk food Yes They say to take ZD, Right meow meow Right Cut it into Cut them into little You know circles So you You basically Slice up the ZD So it makes little O's For the SpaghettiOs Right Because we're not trying to Fucking eat Alzheimer's disease Okay I love SpaghettiOs I love oh, really? Chef Boyardee <laughs> It's my it is. I stand canned oh pasta, and we can't with the nitrates. We can't and we yeah. won't. So right. we're gonna turn it. It's gonna be Chef Boyar meow yeah. meow.
0: Chef. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> I will say for the ten day challenge, you know what it did do? What? Um, since we've had to eat so much meat, and by meat I mean chicken, fish, and beef. Yes. The 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 cooking of the meat has been upped. Oh, you've been stepped up your cooking
1: game. Yeah, and so that's been fun. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing with any of these challenges. I feel like, or diets is you you learn in like a new way of cooking mm-hmm. and like spices instead of mm-hmm, butter and mm-hmm. whatever. So anyway, but we're it turns out, sweetie, we're not going to mm-hmm. have to use the ZD because Meredith from our Patreon. Sent to us some actual pasta rings that are I already mean, prepared,
0: Meredith Ger. So
1: she said they're not organic, but honestly, <laughs> cutting cooked pasta into rings is for losers. Sorry, not sorry. One of your faithful fourteen, Meredith. Fucking Meredith nailed That's so it. Funny, she nailed it. By the way, Meredith, not for nothing, we don't give a fuck if the pasta's no organic. organic. That doesn't matter. All we really care about yeah. is basically because the 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 recipe calls for. Campbells because Campbell's makes SpaghettiOs, so right. it calls for Campbell's creamy tomato soup. So now we're back to the same issue, which is nitrate central, right? So that's all we really care about is getting organic creamy tomato, which mm-hmm. we will do yes. probably from Trader Joe's, possibly be Imagine or Pacific. <laughs> exactly.
0: Those are the two brands and of organic soup. Their creamy tomato is of.
1: delish and tastes just like it's good. Yeah, they copied. Campbell's what can you do very Meredith good. you killed it girl. yeah I mean that's Great now yes we have some Very important business to Get down to we want to give A special shout out to one Of our favorite patreon Subscribers Colleen Egan and We are going to give her Last name so I don't care If she's hiding in the Closet <laughs> she's a 10 times Lesbian hiding in the Closet with three husbands And she's like don't tell Anyone I listen to dumb gay Politics I'm like too bad Your last name's on blast Colleen because you Fucking made Scrunchy 19. I mean,
0: you know, Scrunchy 19 is coming to an end relatively soon. Very
1: soon, six more
0: weeks. And there were some things I had written down that didn't really come to fruition. And uh, we still have time. That's true. Now, we I will say we this. You didn't
1: refer to our list very much.
0: No, but there's something in my wallet. No, mine's, my, I have it on a check. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, that's what didn't come uh, to uh, Yeah. So now, I want to say this, however. Yes. You know, it doesn't even matter now. It, uh, you know why? Because this made scrungy 19.
1: Exactly. This was... It's been a banner year anyway, uh, uh, quite frankly, uh, but yeah, that's growing true. and learning that is and true. growing pains.
0: For sure. So it's scrunchy 19 has not let us down. But Colleen, this leprechaun found a pot of gold wow. at the end of the rainbow. And it is in the form of this. Yeah. I mean, the useless feet were clicking up the heels, <laughs> Colleen. When
1: I tell you the leprechaun legs were to do She was clicking the heels. So, Colleen, basically, we went on our Patreon podcast and we said we wanted to try, we're going to try these different celebrity alcohols. Mm -hmm. And because we were drinking this Mezcal by the guys from Breaking Bad, Brian Cranston and the other guy or Aaron, whatever his name is, Aaron Paul, Aaron Paul. And so and we don't even drink tequila. We're more Mm -hmm. whiskey, cognac, vodka. Mm -hmm. But this Mezcal was great. Yeah. And it was fun and it was expensive and whatever. So we got on this kick. And then I said that I have always Coveted the certain tequila that Sits at the top of the top, <laughs> top 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 of The shelf it is top of the pops shelf And it's so beautiful and I've always Wanted to try it I've always coveted It and when like Jason Moss or Christy Or someone got us like a saucy gift Card and I mm-hmm. saw on mm-hmm. saucy that it was so Expensive this tequila yeah and so it's Called Casa Azul it's in this beautiful Blue and white bottle Mama I looked it Up we're on the <laughs> patreon we're just Shooting the shit Colleen is like, that's my favorite fucking tequila. You, I will not die if you don't try that. I will <laughs> not end my life until you try it. So she basically sent it. She tried to send it to our mailbox. The French people didn't take it. So then she got us a gift certificate. You guys, this tequila is so expensive that even accepting a gift certificate like this from someone is already like, go kill yourself. Give Colleen her money back. <laughs> right. But we... We couldn't. No. I want that goddamn <laughs> tequila in my goddamn throat. So I was like, I'm sorry, Colleen. I mean, I literally apologized. I sent her a note and I was like, I'm sorry, Colleen. I mean, that's, I'm really sorry, but I got to use this thing. We got to get this. <laughs> so we, so I, we ordered it. Colleen, I want you to know they have to deliver it in person because you have to be over 21. Mia I was never fucking here. God knows. I'm surprised her neighbor who stole the bike didn't come get the, take the tequila. <laughs> so then she's like, literally the, the other morning, she's like, I'm going to get the tequila. It's in Santa Clarita. I'm going to pick it up. Bam. School shooting. Yeah.
0: Shut, Santa Clarita shut
1: down. I mean, and even if it wasn't, it's it's clearly inappropriate, like at best. And, and, oh, believe and me, tone deaf at worst it, to be like going to get my big expensive yeah, tequila. I did
0: think to myself like, well, I mean, now's probably a good time to go there. <laughs> but then I thought, no, 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 that would be I wouldn't. How could I live with myself going up to the place and being like. Yeah and that you was know. really sad And I that mean, was awful It really just was just like wow The, the level like, that no. Every
1: single parent must be like When is my school not, I mean uh, by the way they Every parent listening Sorry <laughs> Just kidding um, <laughs> You you uh. should assume that your school is Gonna happen Because yeah. every school in this entire country Is gonna be Have a shooting It yeah. just is yeah. And it's like awful I just was like That really hit me I was like that This is I feel sorry for everybody Who has to like deal with that problem Because it's not gonna get solved unless you nightmare. homeschool your kid or send yeah. them in with a bulletproof vest. Right. They're making bulletproof backpacks. Oh my god, that's Can you so that? dark and so, so dark. sad. But it's a yeah. good idea. Hey sharks. Hey sharks. Hey sharks. I mean honestly. Yeah. It's a good a great idea. Oh uh uh-uh. uh. But Colleen it got you know what? What happened was Meow Meow got crunk with the place on the phone because it was like, Ain't nobody driving out to Santa Clarita. <laughs> no. To pick up God's tequila Okay <laughs> The shit is Jesus' tears When he was on the cross Being crucified That's the level of this tequila Probably Men with agave plants Are putting spells And doing whatever the fuck They're doing down mm-hmm. in Mexico It's It's heaven on earth And it needs to be delivered In the manner In which It Deserves So meow meow Went way Jewish Real quick <laughs>
0: On the ass Right meow, meow? <laughs> yeah I mean I basically was like hello Um, (laughs) hi." I have been waiting for this tequila it was two it's been two days and there's two um, different um, uh, notices on my door I don't know what I'm (laughs) supposed to do but I can tell you this I work I'm not home I mean I don't work that's a lie (laughs) however I'm not home and when you said you're going to be here you weren't and when I said I was going to be here you weren't I wasn't so (laughs) exactly (laughs) So, and when I said I was going to be here, I was. But I didn't answer the door because I have a lot of issues. Now, listen, <laughs> I don't want and most to importantly see. that I don't have the tequila yet. <laughs> so <laughs> can you just leave it here? No. Oh, no, you can't. All right. Well, here's what you're going to do. What do you need? Oh, you need an adult to sign for it. That's fine. I have an address for you. It's our place of business. OK, this is where I want you to send it. And she was like, OK, and that was it. Colleen, we have the tequila. It's three feet tall.
1: We almost made love to it It's Oh it's, I don't know it's I'm, I'm, I'm going to be alone with it tonight <laughs> It's huge So
0: It's huge, Colleen It's Gorgeous It's gorgeous I believe that at night It grows arms and legs And it's going to Become alive I have spent that amount of money On alcohol before
1: Only cognac And nothing And I mean Nothing Has made me feel The way this bottle Of tequila Makes me feel Yeah It is so fucking upper esh yeah. in every way. Yeah. It's not like it's not thirsty. It's not screaming. It's
0: understated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's cool. It looks like it doesn't even look like it contains. It looks like a piece of um. It looks like arch, it has ashes. Ashes, right? Or a vase from the Ming Dynasty, right? <laughs> exactly, a Chinois <Xinhua laughs> slash Spanish vase. Yeah. Well. You
1: really nailed it, Call. You really nailed it. (laughs) And we are glowing. Glowing. Like, we're literally, we took pictures of it. We did a photo shoot with Mm -hmm, it. We mm -hmm. were like, we're clout chasing. We're clout arrival. We're clout owning. (laughs) We have the clout. It's called Casa Clout. Yeah, the Casa Clout has arrived. Mm -hmm. It's here. We have it. There's no more chase. The chase is over. And you know what some people think? That's all you care about? No, we care about the sip. And we did do one. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oof. It's good. She described it. She said that there is a vanilla.
0: Accurate. The vanilla note, Colleen. The vanilla note is accurate (laughs) and it makes the whole thing as smooth as coffee. (laughs) We just stared
1: in each other's eyes. We were very sitting very close. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if this bitch makes a face like we do when we drink tequila, because we like to like telegraph how tequila sucks (laughs) and how it's annoying (laughs) that everyone's into it. But and then we drink whiskey as if it's water because right. we have problems. Their personal problems and their addiction problems and their mood problems. So then we go. Yeah. I looked. I stared her in the eyes, and she didn't do it. Did you, Mamie? I didn't because it was smooth. Because it was down like the just gullet. drinking a beverage. <laughs> <laughs> and mm, and Colleen, I want you to know we are not even done with the ten day J challenge. Now I think J Lo would approve. I think she would too. How yeah. could you
0: not just try that?
1: We have to. You know, we had to. It's been a long time coming, <clears throat> and. It really it really made scrunchy nineteen. It really did. You know what I mean? It's amazing. So mm. thank you so much. Yeah. So so much, Colin. Thank I'm you. I'm sorry we had to We're just we're so it's it's great that it's today too of all in this podcast of all times, Colleen. Yeah. So we love you and thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so another quick note. We have to order more extra large I don't need your notes, babe shirts. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna take pre order. Pre-orders for XXL, and we might even do XXXL. Yep. Now the problem is our um, esteemed digital artist Jennifer Johnson has to put. There's no way for them to pre-order Like somebody went on there and was like I can't remember who and was like How the fuck are we supposed to pre-order? I'm like good call good call good call Yeah you're right about that Right good thinking So what you guys can do is leave a message on the Patreon Or leave a message on our uh, website www.julianbrandy.com And tell us that you will order an XL Until we get Jennifer Johnson um, We haven't even asked Jennifer You Like literally we she'll, she'll probably sense this in the air And do it because that's how like on top of everything she is We haven't asked her yet but and let us know if you think you want an XXL Because Right Why shouldn't
0: you have one? You yeah, know what well, I mean? exactly It's all just have about our want. budget Have what you need <laughs> Have what you want Have what you need That's right
1: So we're only doing the XXL and the XXXL 3XL and 2XL in I Don't Need Your Notes, Babe oh, Okay Because we just don't have the funds, ma'am, meow, meow. Sure don't Also, no one else cares about drugs <laughs> yeah. No one knows I'm gay Or a <laughs> podcast shirt They're just not as popular as <laughs> I Don't Need Your Notes, Babe hey. So, you know what? Well, you know what? Gemma, our our British girlfriend, ordered one all the way to England, drugs. I was like, that's right, Gemma. Wear that around your baby and your cats Mm -hmm. and your husband Yeah, and your kids that you teach at school.
0: Yeah, that's good. Because that's what I want my teacher to wear. I would die if my teacher wore
1: that. Mm. I love Gemma. And you do, too, Mia Mia. I do, too. (laughs) Okay, so our Patreon subscriber, Christy Koch, sent us a little care package of office supplies, which I am currently using the blue notepad right now. Yes, you are. And the pen There's a pink sharpie Yeah (laughs) Yeah. It's so great It's a blue and then a a light pink sharpie Yeah Um, She gave us a book A little like a blank book That says do what you love A candle for fakeophobia. You burn it It gets the fake people away We've already burned that When meow meow Cut the cheese (laughs) She cut (laughs) the cheese you guys On the Patreon And we lost one of the dogs (laughs) It was a toxic I mean it yeah, was a it was, it was a toxic Crazy. blast similar to Watchmen. If anyone's <laughs> watching that, I thought a squid came through the sky. A yeah. dog lost their life.
0: The whole neighborhood <laughs> fell out of their houses with bloody eyes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we had to burn Christ. I was like, I can't. We haven't even thanked Christy. I got to open this candle. I was like, fumbling. She didn't just burn
0: with, the candle. She blowtorch the entire. You know, like I mean, the, the candle and the box. I was with a gas mask trying to get it's the candle. It's because out of, the of the
1: cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> So, and then she got us like a couple coasters with chihuahuas on them. A magnet says OMG. Just so many cute little office things that brighten up our drug den slash office slash podcast studio.
0: So thank you, Christy. Yep. (laughs) Today's a banner day because we got brand new iPhones and we must, must thank our AT&T loyalty associate, Chris, who was... And Eduardo. Everything. Oh, and Eduardo. Chris
1: sent Eduardo to our homes. And Eduardo came in. I'm sure he probably. Too bad that we didn't have the tequila because we really could have been like Eduardo. Please step into our home. That that's our tequila. Eduardo,
0: Eduardo told me that he and his entire family loves Nacho Libre. Oh, because not he met Nacho. Mm-hmm. Well, we loved Chris. He
1: hooked it up. We will give you guys a little tidbit. The 14 listeners because we love you. And this is our little payback to you And when I tell you I swear, swore everyone to secrecy I told Julie I was like Do not even fucking tell your parents about this deal I'm <laughs> sorry your mom and dad Do not get this iPhone until I make sure I get mine I don't know if they're going to run out of stock Because we found out about this like two weeks ago and We yeah. had to wait for our right. billing cycle Whatever right. We just happened to have the same day switchover It's weird now. I know So I'm sure we signed up for at and on the same day mm-hmm. If you want If you're not a fucking clout chaser With iPhones, which we aren't We don't give a shit I wish I still had my 5 I use a 6S and I love it And I would have it forever But Apple Throw away technology I would love to get a Samsung And just be like Throw a middle finger to Steve (laughs) Jobs Right in his grave I'd dig him up And I'd flip him right (laughs) the fuck off I don't even care However, I'm stuck I'm in the golden iPhone handcuffs You are too If you are up for an upgrade, or if you don't even do that shit because I don't even do it. I don't even do Nextel or whatever it's called, Next Plan, <laughs> just whatever the fuck. Uh huh. You can get an iPhone eight. Meow meow and I got iPhone eights, mm-hmm. not the eight plus. No. And by the way, I know men will be like, and meow out lesbians will be like, I need a plus. No, I know people can't see. They like a big phone. I find it garish, personally. <laughs> Just get a mini iPad then. But we got eight plus regular size, uh-huh. regular weed, honey, mm-hmm. for free. Yes. If everyone's listening, listen on up, Linda James, Yanni, get on the Johnny. Ne- Johnny can't do it because that motherfucker is no, a he giant. Needs a Come on, yeah, he's yeah. Jack and the Beanstalk, and he needs a <laughs> he, he needs an actual <laughs> iPad size. Yeah. Well, Linda, take your delicate hands on down. <laughs> Linda's more got a Paris Hilton Like Mm -hmm. long limb long finger vibe Mm -hmm. Get that free iPhone 8 you guys All you have to do is pay the stupid taxes There's hidden fees but It's zero on your bill every month It's free brand new Two year contract But good in two years all those phones will be perfected Call up AT&T Ask for Cross ask for Chris In the loyalty department and let him know Julian Brandy sent Mm you because he's the shit,
0: the shit, the poo. Take a whiff. Take a
1: big whiff, honey. <laughs> now it's time for I of the shit storm.
2: You take some shit, put it up on the wall. Check it out for a while. You take that shit up off of the wall, put it down on the floor in a glass bowl. You take some fuck, put it up on the wall where the shit used to be.
0: Okay, so. The impeachment inquiry hearings are in full effect With no signs of slowing down There are tons more witnesses on the schedule For this week but All we want to think about are the democratic debates And our upcoming Thanksgiving leftovers So we're going to skip the eye of the shitstorm today And go right into a segment that we love But rarely get the chance to do Called Making Connections mm. this is a relatively new segment called making connections where we connect with someone more (laughs) successful than us in an attempt to make ourselves look admirable and accomplished to our 14 listeners and if at any point in the interview there's a good opening we will hit said guest up for a job and or other connections that could benefit us in the future. And we are very excited about connecting with our very connected
1: guest today. He's a lawyer whose name is synonymous with Stormy Daniels. And if you don't know who that is, who the fuck cares? <laughs> Kylie Jenner obviously didn't know. She named her goddamn
0: baby Stormy. So. Now, you might already think you know who our guest is today. But what you don't know is that this slim, tan, <laughs> fit, telegenic legal eagle has been fighting the establishment and gaining a name for himself over the years with his fearless demand for justice and his constant fight for the underdog. Besides Stormy Daniels, he's represented a shit ton of celebrities from Paris
1: Hilton to Christina Aguilera to Don Henley. He's known in legal circles as a bad boy who gets good results.
0: And he sure does. This motherfucker has over a billion dollars in verdicts and settlements in his favor. He's won a million awards. He's been on every single news show, morning show, talk show. I mean, every single one known to mankind. He's hot, he's funny, and he's notoriously well-connected. So it's about goddamn time that we make some connections with Michael Avenatti. Hi, hey, Michael. Michael.
2: I've got all kinds of jobs for both of you after that intro.
1: Good. Thank you. Yes. Accomplished. oh I want to work at a lot. Wow, firm. that
2: was easy.
0: <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's Just it. get your parent. You can clean it. Hello, Avenatti Associates. It's <laughs> is Julie speaking. How do I help you?
2: I mean, you're yeah. both clearly very good liars, so.
1: Oh. <laughs> so excellent no. liars. Well, that's true. Now, okay. Go ahead. Julie, the first off the bat. Julie's obsessed with your body, and she swears that you do Ironman competitions. Is she right or insane?
2: Only in the bedroom. <laughs> oh,
1: my oh my god! What is your workout? Seriously. Do you do marathons? I know triathlons. Here's,
0: here's what I've said, and I've said it. I've said it publicly. Okay. She said it a thousand times, uh, 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 officer. I've said it publicly. I've said, I th- imagine you have bike shorts under those pants because I feel like you are. Doing 27 miles of biking a day, I feel like when you're done with work, you rip your clothes off and you have the slim tight thing that's got like words on it. You get on the bike, you ride, then you're like, I'm going to pop in for a swim. You swim another 20 miles, then you run home from being 75 miles away.
2: I mean, you don't think I wear like a unitard, right? I just want to make sure. Not a onesie. Not a onesie. You're not an animal. You're not an animal. I'm
1: talking about the racing. The racing outfit. Because she would say that the first time we saw you on TV, she's like, I feel like that guy has literally like like a bike jersey on under that. and He's going to ride his like <laughs> 10 speed home from I'm this not interview because ca- you
0: look fit.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. Thank <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not as fit today, actually, as I was before the whole Stormy Daniels <laughs> lawsuit and uh, journey began mm. uh, because, you know, that took up an enormous amount of time every day. But, uh, you know, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's you're very welcome. nice of you. You're Welcome.
0: Go, meow, meow. I did? Okay. Wow, I I should have done this podcast a long time ago. (laughs) Okay. Now, speaking of Stormy, (laughs) you became a household name um, when you stormed, thank you, onto the scene representing Stormy Daniels. Most people would mistakenly assume that made your career, but as we looked into, that is not the truth. Now, I'm going to read the tweet that you have pinned on the top of your Twitter. Okay? This is your tweet. Before Stormy, one, over a billion in verdict settlements as lead counsel. Two, multiple high-profile cases on 60 Minutes, et cetera. Three, third-largest verdict in the country in 2017 for $454 million. Four, named to top 40 under 40 in California in 2007. Five, trial lawyer of the year award in 2009. So that was pre-Stormy. So tell us what's going on post-Stormy.
2: Well, you know, I think one of my biggest frustrations actually is um, that a lot of people defined me by the Stormy Daniels case. So it had a lot of positives, obviously, for my career and my life. But there's also a lot of negatives that have gone along with that, um, and that matter has, uh, at least in the public arena, defined me. And you know that's unfortunate because I'll say this: you know, I'm I'm a hell of a trial lawyer. I'm I'm really good in a courtroom. Um, And I've been really good for a long time. And I don't say that to be egotistical, but it's a fact. I'll try any case anywhere against anybody in the United States, and I have confidence in my abilities in that regard. Now, there's a lot of other things in life that I'm not any good at, but that's one of the things that I'm actually Fidelity. pretty good at. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Commitment. <laughs> Intimacy.
2: Uh, Just throwing uh, it out there. Just uh, spitballing. Have we met before? <laughs> <laughs> that that the Stormy Daniels matter has kind of defined me. People see me in a lot of ways as a TV lawyer and because there's all these lawyers that are on television that haven't been in a courtroom in decades. Like I can't, let, let's take Rudy Giuliani for a, min, for a minute. Ugh. Rudy Giuliani, I don't know the last time he gave an opening or closing statement in a courtroom, cross-examined a witness, argued a motion, argued before a jury. It it's probably been at least twenty years. Uh, and there's numerous other examples of attorneys that you see on television, these legal pundits and so called experts. They haven't stepped foot in a courtroom in, in decades.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, that is a good what point. What about and that lady? What lady? That lady that always goes with all the women.
2: Gloria Allred. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Does she go and in her daughter too?
2: I, I I don't know the last time that she was in a courtroom. I know I know Lisa, her daughter, uh yeah. has been has been in a courtroom. But yeah. I don't know the last time Gloria Allred was in a courtroom for It's court. so
0: interesting. I never thought about it. I didn't either. But that's a good point. And we were also talking too, We were wondering, like when you're a trial lawyer like that, you're not technically a defense attorney. You're what is it are you is it like a general
2: you're like a general attorney? well, you're you're known. I guess most trial attorneys are known as plaintiffs attorneys because mm. they represent plaintiffs predominantly. Um, most of your high profile successful trial attorneys will represent. Uh, plaintiffs on a contingency basis, frankly, because you know, for many, that's where most of the money's at. Um, you know, If you succeed in those cases, you get a percentage of the winnings as opposed to working on an hourly basis. And you end up supporting uh, people or representing people, I should say, who otherwise could not afford that level of legal talent because they don't have the money to take out of their pocket and pay an attorney on a per hour basis. So not all trial attorneys, not all exceptional trial attorneys work on the plaintiff's side, but I would say that probably 75% of them um, do. So, you know, going back to your question, though, I mean, clearly, you know, the Stormy Daniels matter and and what transpired uh, with that has changed, you know, my career and my life in a lot of ways. But, you know, here's something a lot of people don't understand, and this has really never been talked about. You got to understand, when Stormy Daniels came to me, Stormy Daniels was not interested in... Removing the president from office, displacing Donald Trump. She wasn't a Donald Trump hater. In fact, I think she may have voted for him in 2016. Oh, my God. See, see everyone? Okay. What Stormy Daniels was upset about was... Stormy Daniels was upset because she had entered into this NDA agreement, gotten paid $130,000, and she felt like, and she was correct, that Michael Cohen had breached the agreement, and he was running his mouth to the Wall Street Journal, and she was very upset that she couldn't talk as well. She didn't like the inequity in this. Okay, So Stormy Daniels came to me with this NDA. She didn't come to me looking to displace the president. Now, at the time that Stormy Daniels came to me and wanted me to represent her, I had just had this $454 million jury verdict. I had nearly a 20-year career of being a highly successful attorney. I had a lot of opportunities to represent a lot of people. And let me just tell you something. I wouldn't roll out of bed to represent somebody on a $130,000 NDA. I just wouldn't. <laughs> I wasn't at that place in my career. Now, back up 15, 17 years prior, that's a different story. I didn't get involved in the Stormy Daniels case because I wanted to uh, assist her necessarily in getting out of the nda and just to have that be it i assisted stormy daniels and took on that representation put my career put my family put myself on the line um really hung it all out there for one reason and one reason only and that was because i thought it could take down a president
0: right but she didn't her thing was like i just want to be able to talk if michael cohen's going to talk about it i want to talk about it too
2: that was her initial that was her initial ask. That's what <clears throat> that's what she wanted. And and I saw the bigger picture because of my experience in the law and because of my experience in politics and my knowledge of campaign finance law. When I look at the when I looked at the NDA and learned what had happened, I immediately saw that Trump had a significant problem, that they had committed criminal acts in the payment of this hundred and thirty thousand dollars, and this could potentially uh cause him to be removed from the presidency. And that's what intrigued me at that point in my career.
1: Yeah. Well, exposing him was I mean everything that regardless alone, of what happened, yeah. you know. I mean clearly nothing there's nothing he 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 can go shoot someone in the street, nothing yeah, will happen. I, uh, but yeah. I thought campaign finance was always just handled with a fine.
2: Well, no, there's been other cases that uh, where the Department of Justice has sought criminal charges and brought oh, okay. criminal charges for instance um uh Edwards down in North Carolina, now they were unsuccessful in that prosecution, but they did bring a criminal prosecution okay. against him but you know the other thing is the other thing that intrigued me about representing stormy was um was the fact that I was going to go up against you know the most powerful man on the planet and I've made a career and and I've taken on the biggest baddest corporations and many powerful individuals over the years, and I was excited by that and i I like a challenge and I also understood that I was going to be fighting somebody um, in the media, that this was going to be fought in the courtroom, but it was also going to be fought from a PR and a media standpoint. And I was going to go up against somebody that is very good at managing media cycles and running press yeah. and and knows how to play the game. And I liked that challenge. And, it, you know, I think a lot, of, a lot of legal pundits criticize various things that I did along the way, but they don't understand you can't you can't litigate every case the same. This is a different case. When you're litigating a case against the president of the United States, especially a guy like this, you have to use a different set of tools that you otherwise would use. You don't use the same tools if you were litigating against some corporation in downtown Los Angeles. It's a different ballgame.
1: Did you represent Karen McDougal, too?
2: Um, no, but I had many a conversation with Ms. So
1: McDougal. who was better in bed, Stormy Daniels or <laughs> Karen McDougal?
2: You know, I I, I, uh, I had no intimate relations, to uh, be okay. clear, with either uh, one of okay. them. Although Just although serious. many although many people Stop. many people asked that question, uh, they assume that I had intimate relations. It's
0: because relations you're so fit. With,
2: uh, I uh, thought there was
1: some chemistry with Stormy. I know John Heidelman on that on the show you did with him, the circus or whatever. He definitely thought you guys boned down. I was oh. getting that vibe.
2: Look, I, you know what? I I like John. <laughs> one of the reasons I like John is that he he likes Great Danes. He has Great Danes, and I I have a Great Dane, and so oh that's, my god, really oh, that's a cool. so, Great Dane. You know, yeah. So so we you know we we have that in common. I think I think they do a great show on that. Uh, great yeah. job on that show. They crash that show in like four days, and the quality of what they put out is yeah amazing. So I'm a big fan of uh, that show. But going back to your question, you know I I don't know which one was better in bed. <laughs> I, I I know which relationship lasted a lot longer That's so. true.
0: that was karen mcdougall yeah. right because she thought that's they were boyfriend
2: true. girlfriend or whatever
1: so did this ruin your life like do you, would you not do it again
2: you know that's a really interesting question because i and i asked i ask myself that question at least once or twice a day yeah and it depends on the day you know i have days where i say there's no way in hell i would do this again and i have other days that i say yeah i would do it i, I will say this um There's been a lot of sacrifice associated with this. Um, It may have ruined my life. I don't know. I I took it for the right reasons, though. I got involved for the right reasons, because I think that Donald Trump is a a threat to the democracy that we have and a threat to the republic. Um, I I firmly believe that if he's reelected again, it could be the end of the United States as we know it. I know that's a bold statement, but I stand behind it. Um, This man has has, uh, really put us on a path to destruction in my view that we may never recover from. And uh, I'm very concerned about this country. I love this country. I, I had a lot of opportunity growing up in this country. I consider myself a true patriot. And so, you know, I, th- I guess it's too early for me to answer that question. You know, I'm going to have to wait and see how things play out. Obviously, I have some legal challenges that I'm having to face now. Um, we're going to see what happens in 2020. We're going to see if he's reelected or not. And if he's no longer president of the United States and we're able to Put the country back on track, then you know who knows. Maybe I did a small part to make that happen.
1: Well, I want to, we want to find out about your legal troubles or tell our fourteen listeners about them. But I would do want to say, like, obviously, what you did was incredible, and it you you you'll come down on the right side of history. It's not like the OJ lawyers where everyone's like, right. oh, good, glad you died. <laughs> right? It's exactly. Like, you know, right. You you didn't do anything wrong. If anyone like talks any shit, they're just jealous and. You know, it's like it might have ruined your life, but you can change your priorities. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can change. You can just take a different path in life. But it was obviously it was well worth it.
0: And it was and it was certainly the beginning of the takedown. You're the only person at, when Stormy Daniels came out and the whole thing came out. It was like this guy is the only one who's like talking roughly at least or a little aggressively or a little like wanting to get into the b- fight. And you, and you were the only one doing it. And so for that, yeah, it's like that started – that gave a, a few people some courage. It gave a little bit of fire to some other people, and they should be thankful to you for that.
2: Well, you know, it was interesting because in September October of last year, you know, uh, Beto O'Rourke, who was on his – you know, he was on his run where everybody loved him in the, in the press, and I knew that was never going to last. Um, but he was interviewed by the New York Times, and he uh, was asked about me, and he said, well – Michael Avenatti doesn't represent, uh, you know, most of us Democrats. And I had to laugh about that. And I thought, you know what, number one, I don't think that's true. And number two, if it is true, it's a significant problem. Because here's been the problem with the Democrats for a long period of time. And I've been talking about this for a long time. They're not rough enough. They're not tough enough. They're not fighters. Um, You know, I had a Democratic, uh, high-level Democratic operative tell me uh, I was in a green room last year. and, And she summed it up best. She said, you know what, Michael? She said it was when I was thinking about running for the presidency, and she said, I think you should absolutely run. I said, why is that? And she said, the Democratic Party has a lot of talent, but they don't have a lot of fighters. And that's always been true, and it's become so much more important now because we have this madman in the White House, and this guy's a brawler. You can say a lot of things about him, and I do say a a lot of things about him, but you can't say that he's not a fighter or a brawler or he won't go to the mat because he will. And what the Democrats don't understand is... You're not going to beat that guy by talking about puppies and daisies. You want to beat that guy? Guess what? You're going to have to nominate somebody as distasteful as it might be that's a little like him, that can scrap with him, that can get down in the gutter. Now, that doesn't mean that once you win, you govern that way. But what Democrats don't understand is you don't win, you don't govern. Right. And this is a very unique situation right now. and the democrats better figure this out and they better make sure that they nominate somebody that can actually scrap with this guy and trade blows with him cuz that's what it's going to take now look am i happy about that do i wish it was different of course i wish it was different but it's not different we got to <laughs> be real about what we're facing right now you know i i, I said a few uh, a few months ago i said you know donald trump in a lot of ways is the kryptonite for the democratic party and what i mean by that is um, he represents everything that Democrats hate, everything that they loathe. But you're not going to beat him by nominating somebody that represents everything Democrats love, because he will crush them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, yeah. And that and that's the problem. I mean, that is a significant problem. And it, look, the guy is a moron about ninety-five percent of things in life, but he's brilliant uh, and exceptional about five percent of those things. Five percent of things in life, and one of those things is he's a brawler. He's really good on messaging. He's got some pretty good political instincts, actually. He's got great energy out on he's the stump. He's
1: funny. He's entertaining. He,
2: he, you know, And, and <laughs> yeah. he holds in today's society when you see how people get their information on social media, etc. He can hold. You're absolutely right. He can hold an audience and he can change, uh, he can change the, the script, if you will, on a moment's notice and change emphasis. I mean, you know, he's, he's smart in that regard and he's not to be underestimated.
1: Okay, so what can you tell us about the trouble that you're in? Like can you say anything like who, who were you in trouble with? Were you framed?
2: Well, here's here's <laughs> what I'll say. I, I'm I'm very limited in what I can get into as it relates to details in these cases. I really can't get into any of the details, but you know, there's no question in my view that I would not be facing what I'm facing. Had I not taken on the president of the United States, the Department of Justice has been absolutely weaponized against his enemies at this point. I never thought. I mean, it sounds crazy, but it's true. I never thought that that would actually happen. It's not just me. It's um, it's others. The Department of Justice is being used by Trump. Yeah, I've heard and, that. And that, and that nobody
1: can believe
2: it. it you know, I, I never thought that that this day would come. Um, but, you know, look. I'm facing some significant legal challenges, there's no question about that. But if you want to eat an elephant, you gotta eat it one bite at a time, and that's what <laughs> we're gonna do. We're gonna take these matters one by one. The first matter's gonna to go to trial in January. This case where I allegedly extorted Nike, which is one of the most absurd things that, that I just um, want to say. Ever heard. We
1: talked to a very rich, very <laughs> successful, renowned defense lawyer. I'm not gonna say his name, just but he told us that he couldn't even believe that was the most ridiculous thing he's ever heard. It's not. It's just a thing lawyers do. It's it that it's like a. It's just a joke.
2: I've been charged in that case <laughs> for doing my fucking job. Yeah, yeah
0: that's what that's what he that's said. What he said. Yeah. All right, just yeah. to be clear, <laughs> right?
2: I, I I was charged in that case for doing my fucking job, and if I'm going to be charged in that case, then you're going to have to charge thousands of lawyers every day across this country. You know, it it's it's absurd. I feel. I got to be careful because I'm going to get ahead of. I'm going to get over my. (laughs) I got. I got to be careful because I don't want to say anything anything more because I get really passionate about this because it's um it's so outrageous. But look, if I didn't take on the president and if I wasn't a threat, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. It's it's clear it's clear that I was a threat and they knew I was a threat.
0: Is it that? Is that? Can you say in this particular thing with this case? Is this the kind of thing where you're going to go into a courtroom and the judge and everyone in the room is going to be like, "Oh God, this is just wasting everybody." Uh, like uh, maybe it won't. We're even just gonna have there. to go through the motion of this. Well, yeah. And then... I mean, we've
2: we've made some motions to dismiss it. We'll yeah. see. I mean, that's a very ty- right. that's a very high um, burden. Uh yeah. You know, w- w- look. Any time the power of the government is brought to bear against you, uh, especially in a criminal proceeding, it's a very serious matter. I mean, the decks are stacked against defendants in this country. You know, even people like. Myself, who understand the process and have resources and have people that are willing to defend them. You know, it's a very tall task uh, to defend matters like this. But uh, I am confident that when it's all said and done, I'm going to be exonerated.
1: One good thing in your favor was that the day that that all happened was the day that those motherfuckers, like, got caught with the college scandal. I remember that. I was like, well, he's pretty lucky that (laughs) this whole thing is happening with, like, Ann Becky or whatever right right right. now. (laughs) Because it was... Was this exact same day, from what I remember? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're now telling our 14 listeners, but I think a lot of people don't don't know. I think what most people know about you now is that Stormy Daniels was talking shit on Twitter. I think that's what people think yeah. is what you're dealing with.
2: Well, and and you know, look, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna play that out as well. I mean, people are gonna learn a lot of details and a lot of facts about what transpired between uh, me and and, uh, and Stormy. Stormy and and. <laughs> You know, look, it's gonna be a fight for credibility and it's gonna be very interesting to see. Why did where the she chips turn fall. on you? You know, that's an interesting question. I mean, I think um I don't know exactly what has transpired, frankly. Um, you know, I I, I have some speculation which I'm not gonna offer right now. But yeah. um you know, look, there's a lot of water left to go under the bridge in connection with that matter. Um and probably a lot none of
1: this is even gonna even see the light of day, I bet. It all just ends up Poor Stormy Daniels, even though I can't stand her, she's probably being blackmailed or whatever the hell. Like, it's just, it's, I don't, I don't really see any of it actually going very far. I mean, I don't know. Do you, well, from
2: your lips to God's yeah. ears, we'll see.
0: Well, I'm curious to know, or we're curious to know, do you ever feel like you're in danger? Do you ever feel like, you know like they're coming after you legally let's say the Trump and whatever do, do you ever feel like yeah like, did you think Michael Cohn was going to roll up with his i mean
1: with his beer belly and be like you're going to have to put him in like an MMA like fucking headlock or like a half nelson or what no
2: i'm 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 very conscious of what's going on around me and i've i've had to become very conscious yeah. um Fit. it, it Fit. was it Fit. was very uh you know l- less so now but i'm still it depends where i am but i'm still very um cautious and uh, you know, at the height of this, I mean, there was constant death threats against me and my mm. family and, you know, people get my cell phone number. They send me, <sighs> you know, text messages where they threaten my teenage daughters and send me pictures of guns and all kinds. of. There's there is a lot of oh. fucking Mm-mm. there is a lot of fucking whacked out yeah. people out there, Um, many of whom support Trump, many of whom uh, are upset with me. Because I had the audacity to take on, you know, their president, quote, unquote, uh, and speak truth to power. And they don't like that. And and that's why, you know, I've got tens of millions of Americans that love me and I've got tens of millions of Americans that hate me. And no matter what happens, the tens of millions of Americans that hate me will always Always hate hate me. They'll always hate me because I had the audacity to take on Donald Trump.
0: Uh, Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that also, I wonder with you, with your political desires, do you still have political?
2: You know, it's funny because I I, so I was very active in politics in the 90s. I worked on over 150 campaigns in 42 states. And if you would have asked me in the 90s, what are you going to do? I would have said, I'm going to go to law school and then I'm going to prepare for a career in politics and I'm going to run for office. And who knows, maybe someday I'll run for the presidency because I was a political animal during those six or seven years. I mean, I worked on every big case in the U.S. other than uh, presidential races. uh, And I was highly active. And then I got completely burnt out and I saw the soft underbelly of politics, and I said, you know what, I'm done. And so after 1997, I thought that I would never get involved in politics again. And, uh, you know, had I thought that I would be involved in politics, there's a bunch of stuff that I did that I would not have done, and there's a bunch of stuff (laughs) that I I should have done that I didn't do. And so even if you would have backed up a month or a week or a day before I met Stormy Daniels and that whole thing took off, or even in the very beginning stages— I had no desires or interest in necessarily running for anything or being involved politically. And what happened was that whole thing took off and really beyond even my expectations. When I went to New York, when we filed the case, I had like three or four days worth of clothes. I came back 21 days later to L.A., to get close I was here 24 hours I went back to New York I I did not anticipate that that whole thing would catch fire the way it did and that that people would be so taken by somebody actually speaking truth to power and standing up to this guy and so I started to you know I started to adapt to the situation and people started seeing me kind of as a leader of the left a leader of the resistance and I pushed back on that for a long time. And the reason why I pushed back on it, frankly, was because I didn't want that case to become politicized. I know it sounds crazy as we sit here now, but initially I wanted that case to be all about the facts. It's about an NDA, whether it was signed or not, whether there were parties to the agreement, has it been violated, et cetera. I wanted it to be very factual and I did not want it politicized. And then, you know, sooner or later I said to myself, you know what, people want to make me this leader of the left? Okay, I'll be the leader of the left. Let's go.
0: What did you do on campaigns? And did you ever meet Trump before you had dealing with Trump in the Trump time?
2: So I used to do opposition research and and media relations back in the 90s on campaigns. So I was um, pretty well versed in how you can use information and how you can leak information to the press and how you can utilize the press in campaigns, which I think ultimately served me well in connection with this matter. And then I met Trump twice um once I had a I had a prior lawsuit against him and Mark Brunet over Ugh. over the uh <laughs> over the apprentice over <laughs> the apprentice where I represented a client along with um another exceptional a couple exceptional lawyers here in Los Angeles I was a junior lawyer at the time it was really their case but um our client had come up with the idea of the apprentice oh, leg- shit. legitimately not like you know Oh, I came up with Star Wars, you know, <laughs> 10 years after the fact. I'm right. talking about this guy actually came up with the idea. He went to Mark Burnett's producer, uh, assistant producer, pitched the idea, and basically Burnett and, and Trump stole the idea from him. And uh, and we filed suit, and we successfully uh, settled that lawsuit. I met Trump in connection with that case because he was deposed in connection with that case. And then the second time I met Trump, I was dating uh, a woman who I ultimately married uh, and uh, we were in a bar at Boa off of sunset, <laughs> it was early on in our relationship. And uh, I walked up to the bar to get her a, a glass of wine, and I came back, and Trump was all over her, like looking her up and down Classic. and talking Ugh. to her, and, and the whole bit. Um, wow, so that that was pretty funny. That was a pretty funny moment.
1: Tom Arnold told us when he came on here that <laughs> Mark Burnett got a dog and didn't want it anymore, and and, well, let's, and, no, and had it put down. And basically, Tom believed that Mark Burnett basically had the dog killed because he didn't want it anymore. Somehow, Julie lesed out and created a scenario in her mind where Mark Burnett killed this dog with his bare hands. Like, she's like, we should ask um, Michael if he thinks Mark <laughs> Burnett killed the dog with bare hands. I'm like, no one ever said that OK,
0: D- okay. Uh, your honor, <laughs> I want to say that <clears throat> here's here's the other facts in the case. Uh, allegedly, Mark Burnett was trained in like MI5, like, ops, like black ops or, black some black some ops According or whatever. To Tom, again. And he got like some special breed of dog, got it as a puppy, couldn't take it anymore. And then the trainer came to tr- one day to train the dog. The dog's dead. Dog's gone. I do believe Mark Burnett <laughs> killed the dog. I think he. I think he killed the dog with his own hands, <laughs> with his bare hands. I would like to know if you, in meeting Mark Burnett, <laughs> think he's capable of killing a dog.
2: Do I think Mark Burnett is capable of killing a dog? I think. Mm-hmm. I, I I think probably anybody is capable, no, no, physically no, no, capable. No. Okay,
0: all right. Let's let's. Okay, <laughs> let's. Me...
1: Do you think he put the dog again. to sleep or do you think he took the dog out behind the barn and shot it I, with Roma uh, look, Downey I, I lingering have, on
2: I have no idea and I and I I love Tom Arnold Tom's a friend of mine he's a good guy but if you're going to go if you're going if you're going to make this pitch I will. might I suggest that you find Perhaps another witness. Yeah,
0: one more source. I don't need it. <laughs> All right. This is why I can't be a lawyer or a judge. Or she
1: can't be alone with Tom because she comes back and she's like, Mark Burnett strangled the dog and threw
0: it off a cliff. I can't. I can't. I know that that's um Well, she loves libelous. dogs. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I love dogs. I, can't, I just don't understand how a person just kills their dog because they don't want the dog. I just can't deal and with And can it. you sue a
1: vet for putting a dog yes, to sleep? Yes, that's my
0: question. Yes. Can, can you sue a vet if you bring a dog in that's perfectly healthy? Perfectly healthy. You don't bring it to a shelter. You bring it into a event and go, can you just kill this? Is that legal?
2: Uh, it likely is, unfortunately, legal in most states because in most states, uh, dogs are considered property as opposed to-
0: I'm
1: horrified. I know. That's crazy. Right do now. your Great Danes have balls I'm horrified right now. still or do you get them cut off?
2: Uh, well, my Great Dane uh, is a female.
1: Okay, good. Usually, people with Great Danes leave the balls on and they're enormous <laughs> and it's just a thing where it's like- too much. Yeah, it's a little too much. You That's know, cool. the... I bet you John Heidelman or whatever has his balls on his
0: Great Dane. We should ask him. I'm going to
1: tweet him and ask him. Tweet
0: him and ask him if he has a female dog or a male dog.
1: Um, so <laughs> I wow, there's
2: there's you know I'm just I'm, I'm fighting the urge to, <laughs> to comment on this, but go ahead.
1: You can. Here's what I think. I was going to save this for the end. I might have Maia Ma put it at the end, but I really think this is some good genius advice for you. I don't know if you have the time. Um. I think that you should, with all of your expertise in opposition research, I think you should pro bono, even though this could get you killed, but it would, it'd be worth it. I think you should do opposition research on Mitch McConnell and single-handedly get that motherfucker out of office and you will become, I mean, it's not even, you're not, it's not even a hero. It's an icon, a legend. Legend, Talk about leader of the resistance. like. Everyone is looking for Mitch McConnell to be gone. He obviously has a thousand cocaine-filled skeletons in the closet, (laughs) not to mention the fucking wife. Like it's got to be not that hard to find, especially for you, since you know what
2: you're doing. Yeah, that's interesting advice, actually. Yeah, I I agree with you. Mitch McConnell is a significant problem as it relates to uh, our our ability to continue to operate as a nation. At this point, with, he, we we consider laws. him the president.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we he's... can't take it.
2: Oh, well, I've I've said you know often over the last six weeks that that's the most important relationship on the face of the planet, uh, Trump and and McConnell. I mean, that's the most important relationship to Trump. If Mitch McConnell turns on Trump, he's done. It's over.
1: It would just be so great if he was out. I mean, and out and humiliated and out. I don't even or care. Exposed. Just out. Yeah. just gone. And
2: and that and and look, I mean, stranger things have happened. If Mitch McConnell, who's up for election, of course, uh, re-election if he concludes that Trump could cost the Republicans the Senate or could cost McConnell his seat in Kentucky, Mitch McConnell will cut Trump loose quicker than you can imagine because mm-hmm. it'll all be about self-preservation. Mitch McConnell's not going to uh, run for re-election, risk his seat, be elected, and then serve in the minority of the U.S. Senate. He doesn't want that. So that's the key. The key is, is that if McConnell loses faith in Trump's ability, uh, forget about winning the White House or not. But if Trump if McConnell loses faith in Trump's ability to actually help them maintain the Senate, it's over.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, because he
0: doesn't want he's just a power monger. If you were to run for president or when you were thinking about it and you looked around at the landscape of the candidates that were there, what did you think that you could bring to the table or what would you do differently than the other candidates that are there now?
2: No, it's a great question, and and look, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. I I traveled around the country. I raised money for a lot of Democrats. Spent a lot of time in the key um, swing states, especially in Ohio and and other places in Pennsylvania, et cetera. Because my belief was that if you could not understand what happened in those jurisdictions in 2016, then you could not fix it for 2020. And if you could not appeal to voters there. You're not going to beat Donald Trump, and and this is a six-state race. Okay, I uh, love California, I love New York, I spend most of my time in those two places. Love South Florida. Guess what? That's not where this case. That's not where this uh, this election is going to be decided. It's going to be decided in six states. Now we can bitch and complain and talk about the electoral college, et cetera, but it's not changing between now and 2020. Yeah. And I've got there's too many Democrats that don't have not come to the realization that this is a six-state race, okay? So to the Democrats that are listening, and of the 14 people that are listening, I'm <laughs> yes. guessing most of them are Democrats, all right? You need to understand something. It doesn't matter about the popular vote. It doesn't mean shit. And the only thing that matters is who is the person that can beat Donald Trump in these five or six states because I could envision a scenario where Donald Trump could lose the popular vote by six million oh my God. and be reelected. And if you think people were upset the morning after in 2016, and that was before we knew what a disaster, a dumpster fire of a president this guy yeah. would be, imagine what people would think. So I spent a lot of time um, in these key swing what states. Are they? And, well, the key swing states are Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, or I already said Pennsylvania, uh, North Carolina, and Arizona.
1: North Carolina's purple? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, Arizona, Did I say Florida? Right. Did I say Florida? No, you didn't say Florida. Okay, so
2: Ohio, okay. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Florida, North Carolina, Arizona, seven.
0: Not Texas. No. No.
2: No. And, and a lot of people well, actually think that Texas. Ohio, a lot of people at this point say, you know, it's either six or seven because a lot of people are just counting Ohio out at this point. They think that Ohio may be lost for the Democrats. They they may be right about that. But hmm. um, I spent a lot, I spent 20, I made 25 trips across about three months to those key States when I was thinking about um, when I was thinking about running. So look, too many Democrats are focused on, in my view, the perfect candidate. You can't let the good candidate be the or or the perfect candidate be the enemy of the good. Okay, you just you just can't. You're not going to. This isn't going to be a revolutionary election, ladies and gentlemen. I know you want that. I know a lot of you would really like to That's see that. That's a really good point, you guys. Okay? This is not going to be the revolution. You are not going to. Unseat Donald Trump with a revolutionary candidate. And let me just give you this stat. Okay. We've been around for over 200 years in this country. In the history of the United States, there has never been an incumbent president who has run for reelection with a decent economy and lost. It has never happened in the history of this country. Now, we've never had a madman like Donald Trump in the presidency, granted. But there's a lot of statistics and a lot of data. That suggests that this guy could be, will be reelected. And for that reason, you know, I, I I I preach on this every day. It is imperative that the Democrats nominate somebody that can win in those states. Period. That's all that matters. We
1: have a lot of of the fourteen, they're pretty much spread out in those seven states, yeah. I would say. Yep. So you like Joe Biden then?
2: I do. I like Joe Biden. Look, do I think Joe Biden? Do I wish he was more progressive? Yes. Do I wish? And I'm going to be really candid about this. Do I wish that Joe Biden would have run last time? I think if Joe Biden would have run in 2016, we wouldn't be talking about Donald Trump. I would even be here right now because you would not even know who I was <laughs> as it relates to the Stormy Daniels case, right? Um, do I? Do I wish that Joe? Do I wish that yeah, Joe that Biden would have
1: been was shooing shooing? Do I wish Obama. that Joe Biden yeah. was
2: 20 years younger? Yes. Do I have concerns about whether he's got enough fuel in the tank to get this done through the election? I do. Okay, a lot of people do. Look, I mean, let's not bullshit each other. All these people, this is one of the things I don't like. All these people sit around and they have all these whisper campaigns and they talk about all this shit at these cocktail parties and everything else, but they don't come out publicly and talk about it. Okay, And the bottom line is I have that concern. A lot of other people have that concern. I think he does have enough um, fuel in the tank. I think it's a legitimate concern. But here's what I know. I know that when I was traveling in all of those states and I was talking to voters up and down all these states, I know how they reacted to discussions about Joe Biden. And it's very favorable. Yeah. OK. And it's a it's a um, it's a small change. A lot of people would say it's a small change from Donald Trump. OK. But it's an important I mean, I think it's a significant enough change. It's not a revolutionary candidate. It's not a Bernie Sanders or an Elizabeth Warren. But look. I don't think Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren can beat Donald Trump in those states. I just I just don't. And so and there's a lot of people, a lot of Democrats that actually happen to agree with me. And here's the other thing. Here's the other problem. It's all about the matchup. Okay? I think that Elizabeth Warren for instance, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, I think they'd both make a much better president than I ever would. No question about it. I mean, they've served time in the U.S. Senate. They have all this policy experience. They have much more governmental experience. They don't have a shot in hell of beating Donald Trump. <laughs> me? I gotta. I would actually have a pretty good shot of beating Donald Trump because it's all about the matchup. Now, you bring, in, you bring in somebody like Romney as the nominee on the Republican side and you run me versus Romney versus Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders against Romney, I'd get crushed because that's not a good matchup. That's what yeah. people don't understand. It's all about who's going to match up best against Donald Trump that's really because yeah I mean we got to ask ourselves what are we trying to do here uh, I thought that the number one goal you got to win yeah if you don't win you don't govern it I don't care how great your policies are I don't care how many policy books you put out or how deep you are in policy I mean ask Hillary Clinton Hillary Clinton was the most qualified competent candidate to ever seek the presidency in the history of the United States in my view forget about whether she's a man or a woman Nobody was ever more qualified to seek the office than Hillary Clinton, deep in policy, knowledgeable, smart. Guess what? Didn't matter. You know why? Because she wasn't able to beat Donald Trump in Electoral College.
1: Well, that's why if Joe Biden got it, all the more you, a hero you would be getting Mitch McConnell out, because then it really <laughs> wouldn't matter because that is what would really change. The stranglehold on the Senate makes all the difference. Now, we love Joe Biden. Love. Um, we just went and saw him speak the other day mm-hmm. um, downtown. But And I want to say that one of my good friends, she doesn't know who the vice president is, is right now. But she <laughs> knows Joe Biden. So I feel like she's not even going to know any any of the other candidates' names. So even though you talk about those seven states, the primaries, it's a different thing, though, right? Because they got to get the primary. they got to get elected first. So, and that's going to be decided by California, right? Because California moved up the date that we vote.
2: Well, it, it, I don't know if um, ultimately it, it may be over by the time we get to California. It may not be over by the time you get to California. I think Super Tuesday, um, South Carolina and some of these other states are going to be critically important to who the— the nominee is. You know, let, let me also say this. I mean, I've I've broken bread and spent time with, and um, I'm very impressed uh, by May, Mayor Pete. I always have been. Okay. Mayor Pete is the smartest person in the field. Let me just say that. Okay. No question. The guy is brilliant. I think Mayor Pete would make a great president. I have serious concerns about whether Mayor Pete can beat Donald Trump. Now, again, somebody else, different story. I don't know that he can meet beat uh Donald Trump. You know, here here's the other thing And do people... you think
1: Obama would come out for Biden?
2: Oh, I think he would. Well, I think Obama's going to come out for whoever the democrat is. But do
1: you think he's going to come out for the in the primary? No,
2: I don't I think I mean I I have a pretty good uh basis of knowledge to know that uh Barack Obama is going to remain on the sidelines until there is actually a nominee. He's not going to endorse anybody prior to the convention. Uh, mm. He's not going to put his finger on the scale. Uh, I, really? I know that for a fact. It's not. Have you met Obama? Because I'm
1: going to die.
0: <laughs> Have you? <laughs> yes.
1: Oh my god!
0: Shit's her favorite oh in the world. Oh my that's god! Like her, like her
2: everything.
1: I yeah. love Barack Obama. Okay, so well, that's kind of a bummer, though. I mean, if because whoever it's he says,
2: no. I, li- I like Barack Obama. I don't love Barack Obama. I Well, I, many I, people say that. No, but no, but I, I look. I thought he did. I thought he did a good job as president. I think that he was. Um, you know, certainly a revolutionary candidate. Um, uh, was in a very tough spot. Uh, you know, very difficult to to do what he did. There's no question about that. But look, you know, he took a whiff on the garland seat. I'm, I'm sorry. I will never be able That's to. That's because Mitch McConnell. No, but see, they didn't do anything, though. I, I mean, I got to tell you, I and, agree and with, I'm a, I'm with a student what you're saying. of the law. I'm a student of the law. And see, what I recognize is. You know Mitch McConnell and these guys. I mean, they're they're not stupid. You know, Mitch McConnell held up all those judicial seats during the Barack Obama yep. administration, and now Trump has been able to fill those seats. and And I'm going to tell you that has a huge impact on American life. You know, presidents come and go, but these judges stay yeah. for decades.
1: And every Democrat is saying, "Oh, we're not going to stack the court." And I'm like, "This why? Yeah, <laughs> go ahead and fucking stack it." <laughs> what re- really disappointed me was that um, when the whole. Hillary email situation and th- when they knew Russia was meddling in the election, Obama was told and Mitch McConnell said if you make an announcement or do a press conference, we're going to say you're playing party politics. So he didn't say anything right.
2: and critical mistake. That
1: bummed me out, but I just feel like Obama had to walk like you know up a, a straighter line and and um you know, I just he's just like somebody I look up to and I, I think he made the best of bad decisions like he said and but yeah, I had there's things that disappointed me, but I know um he couldn't be as like wiling out as he probably wanted to be, and God knows he had to quit smoking, and I'm sure he didn't want to.
2: <laughs> well, you know, you asked me what I thought that what I thought I would bring to the table if I ran. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to be the fighter of the group. I mean, that was that yeah. was always my persona, and I was going to own it. And look, I was going to be the guy that was going to crawl down in the gutter with Trump and. And call it like it is, and really trade shots with him. And look, I think a lot of people would have liked to have seen that matchup. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. I think the debate—I think the debates would have been just well, the off deba- the chain. I was just
0: going to say, like you, obviously, do we want to see you debate Donald Trump? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I would. I, as even if that's not even a real thing, it should be a thing, like a pay-per-view yeah. event. <laughs> I want you to debate Donald Trump. That should be a thing. But since we're not going to have that, yeah, I, I you know. Unfortunately, it's like, do I want to see – you know, Bernie's insane. I could see him kind of getting – having a fight with Donald Trump. But no one else except Kamala, I think, could get in there and top him down. Um, maybe Joe Biden can. I don't know. But we do love him. And I I loved Joe Biden even when he was vice president. I think he's classy and, and – He's uh, fit. And he, he is fit. And I, was said to, <laughs> and I just like it. And he wears a suit nicely. <laughs> he has aviators. I, lo- I just <laughs> – you,
2: there's hey, something... he looks good in those aviators, right? Yeah, he right? does those look good. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I
3: thought he looked good in the and he, lo-
0: and he looked great the other day. He came and he was—he's friendly. He's charismatic. He's charming. He can touch me on the shoulder anytime. He can kiss <laughs> me on the forehead. I don't care. i am not bothered. Like he's—he seems like a loving person. I don't know. I just—I like him. I like him. So I. Don't, I Is know. there
1: any Democrat that's been a fighter in your good question. estimation?
2: Well, you know, a lot—a lot of people forget this, but. Uh, you know, Bill Clinton was a fighter. I mean, Bill Clinton knew, you know, when, see, it, it's interesting because a lot of people have forgotten that both Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, you know, were were fighters in, in at least when they were trying to win the presidency. I mean, yeah. you know, Bill Clinton was a, a scrapper. I mean, they went very dirty in 1992 to win that election. James Carville, they, they pulled out all the stops. They didn't hold back. You know, it wasn't a- And that was Michael- somebody who
1: didn't get reelected, right? Because that was George Bush who didn't get- to-
2: Correct, but the economy had gone—George Bush's approval rating was 81% in 1991 because of the um, uh, desert storm, and then by the time that the election rolled around in 92, his approval rating was 37% because the economy— uh, took a significant downturn. Yeah, he and had so
1: signed something with like the banks or something. Well,
2: well Bush had and, and Bush was uh, he couldn't answer the questions about how much a loaf of bread was and a carton of milk that's and right. and he uh, never could have right, answered yeah. that right. And and as I recall, that's there was right. a whole uh, scanner, grocery scanner thing that he yeah. he didn't know that you could actually like get barcoded groceries <laughs> at the grocery store. Was that like that, was, all that, that was all she wrote. That oh, was all she wrote. Although God. you know, Trump thinks you have to have your show ID to buy groceries here in the United States. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah,
0: but. I don't. I, I don't remember that, but the fact that people think he's a man of the people or is, like, a some sort of— Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that— I just don't understand. No, this is
2: a guy that has crapped on a gold toilet his entire life and grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth, and this guy is, is you know, the working class president. It's absurd. I
0: just—what I, I, I just, do you think—like, doesn't that make it like what? Why, why, what? How did he—what tri- is it? Like, what is it that—do you think that he speaks to the people who— like who, these people who are like he, you know uh, he's a working man and me and the co-workers and then uh, you know he's down and why are they getting that
2: from him well i think it's a couple things first of all the way that he speaks okay he doesn't he doesn't speak like an elitist he he doesn't he yep. speaks their language and that that goes a long way so that's number 1 number 2 it's what i said earlier you know he's a scrapper he's a brawler and they want somebody uh, whether they fully agree with them or not, they want somebody that they feel is is going to fight for them. Okay, that's number two, and number three, you know, let's be frank. Make America great again? No, it was make America white again. That's really what that was all about. You took an entire they tapped into, and Trump's too stupid to have come up with it. It was really Bannon and others, and it was it was brilliant. Isn't it Reagan? It was it was de- it was devious, <laughs> but it was brilliant what they did, and that was that they understood that there was this whole body of the population. Okay, all white males that had felt like they had lost all this power over this over the last 30 40 years and guess what they had lost a lot of power okay to to women thank god to <laughs> to african americans thank god to minorities thank god they still had make no mistake about it they still have 65% of the power if you will in america right. okay you're not you're not prejudiced because you're-, you're a white male in America. I'm sorry, you're not going <laughs> to convince me, and I'm a white guy, and so i can I can speak to that, but that's a bunch of bullshit, but they convince these people that you know what we're going to make America great again, which means we're going to restore all this power that has been quote stripped from you. Over these last three or four decades, and they tapped into that, and it was highly successful. Yeah. That's why you have, and it was
1: about money. We all are, grow. I mean, I speak for myself. I'm a grotesque, materialistic capitalist. All I need to hear is somebody talking about you're going to make money. I'm going to get you a job. Money. The minute he got elected, Julie was crying. We were in Mexico. <laughs> I was like, this. I bet I'm going to get like a lot of like acting jobs as like a gold, gold digging whore. Now that Melania is first lady, I'm going to be auditioning all the time. Like that's the kind of mercenary shit I'm thinking about. So How'd that, that work out? For it you. didn't really. I was, shockingly, I was like, "Where are my sluts?" Well, that's auditions? the thing. Well,
0: all the people who thought they were going to get whatever jobs that they have, none of it worked. None out. of it panned and, out, and none of it for anyone it panned, panned out. out. And yet, they still support him, and they that's think, what's yeah. just so.
1: I just don't. From from you and Stormy Daniels to this moment, not one thing
0: can take him down. They won't believe anything. Yeah, it's like what do, more? What do you think? As a lawyer, even could you? What would it take? To take him down. Really? Now that you've gone through this and you thought you had this, you had X, Y, Z, a, you had A to Z to take him down and none of it would do it. What, what will Well, it take?
2: I mean, there were a couple rulings in the case from the, from the federal judge that kind of clipped our wings a little bit. And mm-hmm. so that had a big impact on. But I mean, look, here's what I think it's going to take it's going to take somebody to um, square off with him in a very public setting, i.e., a debate and embarrass the shit out of him, okay? It's just like a schoolyard bully. This is an example I've used even when I was thinking about running, okay? There's that moment on the schoolyard, you know when the schoolyard bully is no longer the schoolyard bully? When he gets hit in the back of the head with the bat on the school, or he gets knocked on his ass, and the rest of the kids go, you know what, this guy's not that tough anymore. Yeah. And see, I think that that's going to be the key if he makes it to um, to Election Day, I think the key is going to be there's going to be a moment or two in these debates, a window's going to open and the question's going to be whether the Democrats have nominated the person that can really step into that window, step into that moment and deliver the knockout blow and embarrass the shit out of this guy, embarrass him to the point where people are laughing at him. You know, it was very interesting, a very poignant moment happened many, m- many months ago, probably about six, nine months ago, he was addressing the U.N. and um he made some comment about how great he was or how great the or something was and the members of the UN started laughing at him yeah and he and he was he he didn't know what to do and I watched this right and I was like you know what this is a son of a bitch that can't take a punch Mm-mm. like this is a guy that if you cut him he'll fold and that's what it's gonna have to be you're gonna have to cut him and bury him on the stage and that's what it's going to take it's going to take somebody to step in and put him away joe biden's gonna have
1: to meet with like nine drag queens to teach him how to like read him to film memorize it don't like because joe biden might stutter around so tell our 14 listeners where they control you and stalk you and you know if you want them to
2: well, you know, I already got a lot of trolls, but if you'd like to, if you'd troll like to, if you'd like to add to the, if you'd like to add to uh, the troll group, you can. I'm on Instagram and on Twitter at at Michael Avenatti, A V E N A T T I.
0: Okay, well, thank you for talking to us today. It was it was awesome it was awesome really awesome
2: <laughs> this was fun so we're going to do this every week right
0: yeah it's as the Michael Avenatti you, segment yeah as soon as I get
2: you guys those jobs that yeah, you yeah. Can we, throw, I yeah
0: I want to come down yeah let's get it I want an office and I want I want it to be just like the good fight he <laughs> <laughs> yes. probably
3: doesn't even watch that do don't, don't belong to me yeah yeah freedom, freedom.
0: That's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics! Thank you guys for
1: listening. I hope you made it all the way to the end. Um, we love all 14 of you and we're so lucky to have you. Um, if the mood strikes you for, for for the Thanksgiving upcoming lead up to Thanksgiving, leave us an iTunes review. There are only six weeks left in Scrunchy 19 and the three year anniversary of wow. this podcast Dumb Gay Politics is on December 6th and it would be really fucking dope and huge for us to get up over 1400 reviews Before 2020 I mean that's Basically um, There's only like 30 it's we have like Like 1370 or something So we only need like 30 more mm. I mean if we got over 1400 That would basically mean that all 14 Of you have, le- have left 100 reviews Each
2: <laughs> and that would be Something wouldn't it would we lovely. could be like our
1: listeners Are so dope they left 100 Reviews <laughs> each <laughs> <laughs> And look, uh, we even read one, ma'am. Okay. Read, read,
0: read that one. All right. Merlu left a five star review on September 11th and simply said, Normally I listen to Cometown for all my news, but this is pretty good too.
1: <laughs> See how easy it is? It's that easy. It's that fucking easy. Like, honestly, that review warmed my heart. It really did. Normally I listen to Town, but this is pretty good too. I'm like, you're right. This is pretty good. There's other places to get your news, but this is fine. Yeah, it sure this is. is. This will do it a pinch. It sure is. <laughs> so thanks, Merlu. Thanks, Merlu. I mean, honestly, go on there and say they're fucking annoying. They get on my nerves. I hate listen. You should, too. I'm fine with it. Leave one star. We don't care. Just
0: get that shit over 1400 Uh Now, if any of you are holding <laughs> out and trying not to sign up for our Patreon podcast, fuck that. Go do it now. You can hear us talk shit for a whole extra hour podcast for $1. Or you can sign up for two hours for $2. Just go to www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics. This week, we're going to make homemade organic SpaghettiOs from a video that we found on YouTube. Now, supposedly, they taste just as garbagey as Chef Boy RD, but without all the nitrates. And this is going to be very fun. I hope it is and I can't wait to eat it And have it in my mouth I'm so excited I'm
1: dreaming I'm waiting so good we had so many Options to go off the JLo challenge And this is what we selected Yes and healthy fucking junk food is Lucky we're even promoting them They don't even know us No but we are and you know what if it sucks We're gonna really rip them a new one On the Patreon but Oh. oh yeah We're I think it's good I trust The dude yeah and just watching him eat it I was, like, jealous of him I was like, I know. give me your SpaghettiOs now, guy
0: I'm really gonna try And when we go off of the, um, the J-Lo diet do- Not to go crazy Exactly I want to keep, keep dieting
1: No, we are We're we're not gonna go crazy I think we should have one treat a week And I think that we should, like, like just, like, have sushi When we want to be, like, mm-hmm. have fun
0: <laughs> Sushi's healthy Sushi is healthy I mean, it's
1: more healthy than... Spicy fried chicken sandwiches Yeah that's true I'm gonna keep trying To off soda Yep Pacino you know, you're gonna go right back on Red Bull you whore we're gonna stay on the diets we're gonna stay we're gonna keep <laughs> it health for the rest of the the rest of the year we're gonna go out scrunchy 19 like winners yeah. and the tequila's gonna ride
0: or die with us yep
1: and as always it's been real and it's been fun but
0: mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb and Michael oh. have a fucking naughty honey
3: girl
0: <laughs> how'd you do
3: I How about that? Well babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem alright. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. Sweet transvestite Sweet transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab And see what's on the slab I see you shiver With anticipation.